Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Ron. As people are coming to the church, I'm excited that uh, everyone wants to hear the word of the Lord. Are you wanting to hear the word of the Lord today? Amen. Well, let's bow our heads and pray and ask the Lord to just impart it to us so that we may receive all that he has for us. So, Father, we thank you that as we stand before you, we ask for your Holy Spirit to come upon us and to bless us as we hear the word of God. Thank you that our hearts are open to receive what you have for us. Guide my mouth to speak your words. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can I just hear a hallelujah real loud? Hallelujah. Amen. You know, church should be happy, you know. It, it should be exciting. It should be, you know, exhilarating. When I uh, first got saved and I saw uh, a minister preaching, I saw people sleeping, and I was bored my own self. And I said, I will never do that. I will never bore people with just going on and on and on and on. And you, you heard about the one guy that was preaching, and his, uh, uh, someone was sleeping on the front row, so he told his elder, go, go wake that person up. And he looked at the guy and he said, no, I'm not going to wake him up. You, you wake him up. You're the one that put him to sleep. So if someone's sleeping, I just go by him and start yelling. And that way they wake up and, you know, but that's why, that's why I try to have like visual aids so people can see something as, instead of just watching somebody talk, 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 talk. But I don't have any visual aids today. I just have the straight stuff. So. Uh, I just need you to pay attention. Is that all right? Yes. All right. Did we pray already? We prayed, right? Yes. So the topic of today's message is what you miss when you miss church. You say, well, I don't miss anything. I just, I feel actually pretty good. I got a chance to lay around and, and be in my PJs and, you know, have coffee and breakfast and then watch it online. But you miss a lot. And we're going to find out there's five things that you miss when you miss church. So when I first got saved, nobody had to tell me to go to church. I just wanted to go. I wanted to learn about God. I wanted to be with my friends and sisters and brothers in the Lord. I wanted to fellowship. I wanted to hear the praise and worship. I wanted to glorify God. It was a great day for me. I look forward to Sunday. I didn't get up and go, oh, no. Here, I, I'll just sleep this one through. No, I, I, I never thought that. The Bible says when... When you're weak, what are you supposed to say? I am strong. What, you don't say, when I'm weak, I, I don't think I can get out of bed today. When I'm weak, I, I wish I could just feel better. When I'm weak, what are you supposed to say? I am strong. Wake up. You, you don't say, when I'm weak, oh, pray for me, y'all. <laughs> I just don't have it in me today. I don't know why I'm so run down. No, when the week, <laughs> you know, like Smith Wigglesworth, they ask him, how do you feel today? He says, I don't ask myself how I feel. I tell myself how I feel. I tell myself you're going to get up and go serve the Lord. Praise God. So I never thought about not going to church. Never thought. One time, got to be honest with you, I said, well, let me just stay home and pray and read and just kind of get close to the Lord. And my mentor, who was the assistant pastor, said, what happened to you? Where were you on Sunday? I said, well, I was just, you know, meditating on the Lord. He said, you know, when the family has a dinner, you don't stay home. You go to the family dinner. You go to where everybody gathers and is fellowshipping together. 
And then you, that's where you eat. You eat your spiritual food at church. Praise God. So all through the Bible, God tells us to be in unity, to be joined together, connected with each other as a body and as a family. We do better when we're together. We, we gather together and we become a habitation of God in the spirit. In the beginning, God said to Adam, it's not good that man be alone. Did you know that? So he gave him Eve. He told him, go and be fruitful and multiply. He told Noah the same thing. Go be fruitful and multiply, him and his sons and, uh, sons and wives. Eight of them turned into eight billion. That's quite a, quite a feat. In the beginning, God asked Cain, where is your brother Abel? Do you remember that? And what did he answer? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not my brother's keeper. <laughs> Wrong answer. Because... <laughs> God said, he, you are your brother's keeper. He wouldn't have asked them that if he didn't want to know. And when somebody's hurting that you know in the church or in your family, you're supposed to come alongside and help, aren't you? So if you look at the New Testament, this phrase, one another, comes up a lot. Actually, I have listed here 22 times. Are you ready for this? Bindi, let me see if you can keep up. If not, I'll give you the, the sheet. Okay, it says, be kindly affectionate to one another. Love one another. Honor one another. Serve one another. Submit to one another. Comfort one another. Encourage one another. Be patient towards one another. Abound in love towards one another. Edify one another. Submit to one another. Give preference to one another. Don't provoke one another. Don't lie to one another. Don't take another to court. Confess your faults to one another, but don't judge one another. Bear one another's burdens. Speak together in love one to another. Receive one another. Welcome one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Isn't that nice? One another. But now, you. If you do it to one another, you got to be close to them, don't you? You can't love somebody from afar. Love you, brother. Mm. Never see you again, but God bless you. No, you have to fellowship. Be intertwined with somebody, right? When you're praying, does people come to your mind that you can go and visit them or help them or do something for them? Call them up. Is there anything I can help you with? Praise God. In Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, famous scripture, so let us consider one another in order to stir one up unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, but as a manner of some, uh, encourage one another, exhort one another as the day is approaching. What are they saying? Saying, don't tell people, oh, no, you can stay home. I, I understand. How no, you ought to come to church. You ought to come into the fellowship, get dressed, fix up your hair. Come on out, you know. There's some things going on out there. We're going to find out <laughs> what uh, advantages and disadvantages it, it is when you miss church. Now, there's a Gallup poll that was taken just this year, and they found out that the people that went to church every week, their mental health improved instead of decreasing. They had a 4% increase in mental health Whereas those who attended church only twice a month or once a month 
had a 12 to 13 percent drop in mental health. Can you imagine that? I'm so depressed. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, are you going to church? No, I'm not going to church. Well, you need to go to church. Get your mental health up. Why? Because there's spiritual feeding, being joined to one another. Praise God. When you become a Christian, you're supposed to be joined to the body of Christ. The Bible says that God has set members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased them. So guess what? You're not a sole contractor. You're not a private entrepreneur. You're not a member at large. <laughs> you know, one person, one lady said, uh, we asked her, well, what church do you go to? Well, I just float around. I'm looking for my husband, and I'm just going from church to church. I go, lady, <laughs> the Lord knows how to find you and get you a husband. You need to be planted. You, you have to be planted. When you plant a tree in, in the middle of the day and you go to bed and you wake up, does the tr is the tree in another place in the yard? No, it stays right there, right? It's got to grow someplace, okay? <laughs> so you cannot be all that you're supposed to be without others coming alongside of you to help you develop. Did you know that? People will make you walk in love. <laughs> People will make you hold your tongue. <laughs> People will make you speak good of each other, amen? Pe People will make you forgive them. I mean, you, you, can, you can be at home and nobody bother you, <laughs> right? <laughs> you heard about the lady who said, Lord, I, I've had a pretty good day so far. I haven't spoken evil of anyone. No one's made me mad. I, I've been, you know, blessed. But uh, I'm going to need your help now because I'm going to get up and, and, and go to work and, and take on my daily activities. If you're in bed and you're praying to the Lord, no one's going to upset you. But it's the people. God's people will upset you. Did you know that? But the Bible says what? Iron sharpeneth iron. Amen? Sometimes people bring stuff up to you that you don't want to hear. Have you ever had those kinds of friends? Well, you need to, you need to trim that tree over there. <laughs> you know, you need to get an encasement for the, the, the garbage. Uh, you know, you, got to, you need to paint over, all these things. Just, just leave me alone, Okay. I, I, we have this friend, one friend that does that. Every, he always finds something. You need to, you know, perforate your grass so it's not so thick. Just leave me alone, okay? But I told my wife about him, and, and, and she said, he's that way? I go, yeah, but we've learned how to work with him. We just let him talk and, and just be loving and kind and, and listen to what he has to say because maybe some of the things are good. So, but when you're alone, you come up with crazy ideas about the Bible, about what God wants. When you're, you're isolated. Society today endorses and embraces individualism, being alone. You know, you can have people, you can have 500 people on your group list, on your Facebook, but they're not your friends, okay? Just go ahead and say something wrong and find out what happens. <laughs> They'll drop you like a bad habit. I've had some friends drop me. They're like, well, why are you saying that, Pastor Chuck? Ah, I'm dropping you. I'm, I'm, what do they call that? Blocking you out. What? Can't I talk? <laughs> so it's an illusion to believe that they're supporting you. Churches are at their best when people are closely connected to one another. Now, I'm going to relate a story to you right now. In the Bible, which shows what happens when Doubting Thomas, you know Doubting Thomas? He... They had a gathering. God told them, 
or, or Jesus told them, stay together, be together, and I'm going to come and visit you. And, and he wasn't there. Now, where was he? I don't know. He might have been mad at one of the apostles. He might have been lazy, tired. Who knows? He might have just done something, you know, gone uh, fishing or took his kids to the park. I don't know. He wasn't there. And we're going to find out what he missed out on. So let's look at this in John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. You ready? Now see if you can pick out the five things that they, he missed. Then that same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and then the disciples were what? Glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. He's had to say it twice. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they shall be forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So in those five verses, we find out what you miss. Let's show it to them. See if they pick it up. You ready? What do you miss? You miss his presence. You miss his peace. You miss his praises. His purpose for you. And the power that he has. All right? You want to see this? Okay. His presence. They're, in the, they're, they're together. They're assembled together. Jesus comes. And Thomas didn't go to church that day. What was he doing? I don't know. Walking along. But when you come into the sanctuary and feel the presence of the Lord, doesn't it just touch you the right way? It, you know, you, you can feel the Lord. He's there with you wherever you're at. But when you come into a group setting, it's like a corporate anointing. All the power of God comes when we gather together because everybody brings a part of God to the service. What they know about God, what they feel about God, and, and they bring it and contribute. Like we've got Ron, he's singing. We've got the greeters, they're greeting. We've got you with talents and abilities here. And as you lift your hands up, it sparks one another. Like when they were playing baseball when there's nobody in the stands. When you show the stands, it didn't look very exciting. You just look at empty seats, you know, like, mm hmm Okay, does it count <laughs> if, if, they hit, if they hit a home run and nobody's cheering? Yeah, it does. So you have to have a personal connection when you come to church and experience the presence of the Lord. And, and, and when you're here, you can't get up and go make uh, a sandwich. You know, you can't go to the restroom. You can't, you know, go upstairs and, and talk to... You've got to be submitted to you the Lord, and let him touch you. And sometimes you have to sit a whole service to the very point where he's going to touch you and, and guide you and direct you. Isn't that right? And so when Thomas wasn't there and, and Thomas came, the disciples said, oh man, uh, we saw the Lord. He came. And they were trying to describe it, but they couldn't describe it because he wasn't there. He said, oh, I have to see it to believe it. Sometimes you go through a service, you go, oh, the service was so great. The presence of the Lord was there. Uh, I don't get it. No, you have to be there. You have to be there to get it. Praise God. 
So you want to absorb all that the Lord has while you're here. Let's just take a moment and experience the presence of the Lord. I thank you, Father, that you touch your people. I thank you, Father God, that you're warming their hearts to know that you want to come and be with us and spend time with us with a corporate anointing. We thank you for it, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Glory to God. The second thing is he says what? What did he say to them? Peace. Peace to you. Have you ever noticed when you come into the church, you find a peace, a peace that passes all understanding, peace that you can't get at home because you got the hustle and bustle of home. you got things that are going on. It's hard to concentrate. When you come here, there is, you, you, you concentrate, and you just let the peace of God come upon you. You forget about your problems, your concerns, and it calms you down. I know even when I was a boy and I would go to church, my emotions and my uh, nerves calmed down. I felt good. Yes, there is a Lord. There is a God that cares for me. And he said, peace. And Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, but my peace comes from me. And it will never be tarnished, never be uh, you know, shaken. So let not your heart be troubled. Be not afraid. Peace be unto you. And I notice he said it twice. Are you feeling the peace of God? Amen. That he loves you, he cares for you. Most people that come here say that. They say, oh, I just felt the peace of God here. It's the love of God and it's the peace of God. And then the third thing is the praises. It says the disciples said they were glad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Isn't that right? He says in Psalms 100, it says, I will enter his gates, gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with what? Praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm so good. So glad to be here today, Lord. Wow, Lord, you're so good. Amen. You don't watch TV. You don't get on the cell phone. You, don't, you just tell the Lord how good he is. And the Bible says what? He inhabits the praises of his people. You know, I, I've heard many accounts of people that seen the Spirit, and they said at almost every church service, there's angels around, praising God and imitating us, you know, dancing like we're dancing. Uh, one person, when I was preaching one time, and you know how I get animated and I bounce all around, they said the angels were imitating me and bouncing around like I was bouncing around behind me. They, they want to have a good time just like we do, right? They don't want to be all stoic and, you know, stuck in their seats. They said, let's dance before the Lord. Glory to God. So when you praise the Lord, you go into another realm. You go into another spirit. You, you go into a place where, you know, you haven't been before because you come into the presence of the Lord. Is that not right? Amen. So now purpose, the, third, the fourth thing is he came and gave them a purpose. Isn't that interesting? Uh, you, when you come to church, you get direction for your life. You hear a word that puts you on the right path. There's a whole lot of truths in the Bible that are important building blocks for us to get the blessings of God and protect us from the schemes of the enemy. You know, the devil is out to get you, but God will give you a word, give you a direction to 
avoid that and put you in a place where you can be successful in life. So it may take some time before, if you miss a service, it may take some time before you find that building block that you need for your spiritual uh, makeup. So you need to hear a word from God that will direct you. What was the word that he told him? Guys, you know, you were my disciples, but now I'm going to send you out. You're going to be apostles. They got promoted in this service. They, they got direction. Have you ever been in a service and you were wanting to know what to do, and then God speaks to you through the word or through the spirit, and you go like, oh, no, I got it now. I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to forgive that person, or I'm supposed to invest over here, or I'm supposed to do this or do that. Now, there was one guy. He was sitting in church, and uh, the Lord gave him a discovery about anesthesia. And he was listening to a message about Adam and Eve. Now, and you know how God put Adam into a deep sleep and pulled the rib out of Adam's side, and he found and he made Eve? So anesthesia makes you sleepy. Now, he wasn't sleeping in church, but God told him, the way I did that, I can show you how to do that. And so he started anesthesia. Actually, started many, you know, thousands of years ago, but God showed him how he could do it in modern technology, and so they've improved on it since then. But isn't that interesting that, that God would speak to somebody? He was a scientist, and God spoke to him on how to uh, develop anesthesia. And there's been many other things that people have discovered while they were at church. And you know, <laughs> people say that, they go, uh, they ask somebody, the guy, have you found your wife yet? You know, he that findeth the wife findeth the good thing and obtaineth favor from the Lord. And they answer, I'm looking for my rib. I, I haven't found my rib yet. <laughs> but anesthesia works so good, doesn't it? Have you ever been in surgery? They tell you, okay, count from 100 backwards. 100, 99, 98, bam, you're gone. I mean, you don't get even a chance to breathe. It's just like immediate anesthesia. So it's a good, good thing. I can remember direction in my life when I was, uh, they had a guest speaker at our church. And he was talking about David and Goliath. And I've heard that story a million times. But he was saying that David didn't hide from Goliath. He ran towards him. He went towards the giant. He went towards the enemy. And I was thinking in my mind, I don't need to uh, try to avoid my creditors. I'll go and face them. I'll, I'll, I'll attack them head on. Praise the Lord. And I told him where I, what my situation was. So my son, he was just entering high school. We had, my wife and I had just got laid off at a church that we were attending. That's both of our incomes. And uh, we had made plans for him to go to a Christian high school. We only had one son, so we figured we could afford it. So I get in there, and the administrator says, well, it's a $500 uh, uh, registration fee, and then it's uh, $750 per month after that. I go, $500 just to say I want to go to the high school? And then $750 after that? I had a big gulp. Now, if you're not working, that's a lot of money. I found out today that same school, they charge you $800 for registration and $1,800 a month for tuition. So that's kind of comparable. And when you're not working, I just said, oh, Lord, have mercy on my soul. And he looked at me and he goes, well, Pastor, I'll tell you what, since you're not working, we'll reduce the monthly fee to $500. 
I go, well, thank you very much. Okay. Under my breath, I said, I still don't know how I'm going to pay for it. But I believe, as I face my Goliath, God will help me. Amen? God will do something in my life. And we went the whole four years, never missed a payment. Everything was taken care of because God gave me direction because I went to church. And with the direction, he gives you what? Power. The last P, power. So the disciples not only got a new assignment or promotion, they got the power to accomplish it. How did, it, how did they get it? Jesus breathed on them and gave them the Holy Spirit and gave them power to do what they were supposed to do. Now, this is a tough assignment for these guys, these 12 fishermen. Well, some of them were fishermen, tax collectors and other guys, but they're not educated. They're unlearned. They, they, they fight amongst each other. They're, they're scared. They're selfish. They're, they're just regular guys. Now, my, my, my thought is, how could God trust the whole gospel to the whole world to these 12 guys? You got Judas, the betrayer. You got Peter, the guy that flies off the mouth. You got James and John wanting to get promoted and say, well, can we sit at the right hand? We don't care about anybody, but we just want to sit at your right hand and your left hand. They had to ask their mother, Mom, go ask him, please. And these guys, Andrew, he, he didn't do anything except he just brought people to Jesus. Just come on, just go see Jesus. Now, these 12 guys are supposed to take the whole gospel to the whole world. And Jesus is entreated. He said, the only way I can do it is breathe on you. You know what? God has a mission and a purpose for you that he has to breathe on you to do it. Only he can do it through you with his power. Praise God. So this is something that I want you to realize that if you miss church, you miss a lot. What do you miss? Let's see, let's go back up there. You miss his presence, right? You need the presence of the Lord. Isn't it good to come into the sanctuary and feel the presence of the Lord? You miss his peace. That's why people are going crazy. That's why kids are running amok. That's why people are getting divorced. They're not going to church. Go to church. You know, I know, my wife and I, we went to church one time, and my wife, she, she liked to spend money. I don't know if any of you ladies are like that. You know, clothes, pictures, this, that, all these stuff. And, and, and she, would, she would take her credit card, because she thought that was a carte blanche, you know, just to, if you have a credit card, you could buy whatever you want. But then the bill would come in, and I look at it, and she goes, man, somebody went all over town spending money. We better find out who that is. I go, baby, that's you. So I said, you know, we need, we really need to stop spending if we want to get, be debt free, which we are now, praise the Lord. And uh, so she says, so I said, give me your credit cards. Oh, I thought we were going to get a divorce that day. <laughs> oh no, I cannot give my credit cards to you. I said, okay, whatever. You know, praise God. I planted the seed. We went to church. There was a guest speaker there. God is my witness. He, he, they introduced him, Bob Lemon, come on up here. He gets up there and he says, you know, a lot of you want to get out of debt and you're still using your credit cards. You need to turn your credit cards in, thus saith the Lord. And he said, I'm so glad to be here. God bless you. I, and I, my elbow, I, I, I had to hold it. You know, I, I didn't want to, you know, poker. I wanted to say, excuse me, <laughs> but I held it, and after service, she came to me, she goes, okay, here you go, here's my cards, why, the Lord spoke for me, 
I went to church that day. What if you didn't go to church? What if I didn't go to church? I wouldn't have heard that word. And it, God knows what would have happened. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. So you get his presence. You get his peace. You get, the, you get to be able to praise the Lord. You know, you can praise the Lord at home, but it's not like a church. You don't have Ron there. Saying, you don't have Ray on the drums. You don't have a guitar player. You're just you. And how long can you go? Five minutes, and then, oh, okay, whew, I'm tired. Ron, Ron keeps going. He's like the Energizer Bunny. He don't stop. Amen? So you have to give praises unto God. Then you get a purpose. You find out what God wants to do for you. You know, God knows exactly where he wants to take you. He knows exactly what your next step is. The steps of a good man are what? Ordered. Ordered by the Lord, right? In other words, he has an order out for you. Get in line. Follow the order. When you come to the church, he'll direct you, and he'll give you the power to do it. Amen? So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time to be together, that we know that when we miss church, we miss a lot. We miss you. We miss your power, your presence, your praises, your peace, and your praise. So, Father, I thank you that you put it in our hearts to have a desire to come into the house of the Lord, to fellowship with one another, as you have called us to. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor for it. In Jesus' name. Right now, we're going to receive communion, remembering the Lord. And I have Ron and Pat and Raina going to come up, and they'll be our servers today. What they're going to do is, after I pray, they're going to take the, the elements to you. They have assigned seatings, and they're going to take it to you. They're not going to touch it. You just touch it yourself, and it's a wafer and a, a juice all in one. So let's pray over this. And I guess before we do, let's, let's make an altar call for those that don't know the Lord. Say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Father, we want to be your sheep, following after you. If you're out there and you say, you know what, I don't have a father, I don't have a God that I can call on, just repeat after me. Say, Father God, I thank you for Jesus. He made it possible that I could be in the family of God. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, be Lord of my life, come into my heart, and guide me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Or if you've accepted the Lord and maybe you wandered out, you know, sheep wander, they go on the backside of the mountain. All you need to do is call upon him, the shepherd will come. So Father, I thank you. Those that are out there, if they would just repeat after me, say, Father God, come get me. Be my Lord, be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me. Let me draw near to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So when Jesus was with his disciples at the time, at the Last Supper, he foretold that he was going to die on the cross, that he was going to be crucified. He was going to be mocked and scourged, but he would be risen on the third day. He says, I'm giving you my body, I'm giving you my blood for the new covenant. As oft as you take this, I want you to remember what I've done for you. You know, Jesus in heaven still has the scar marks, still has the holes in his wrists from when they, 
they uh, crucified him. He, he could have those uh, heal if he wanted to, but he didn't. He wants you to see what he did forever, that he loved us that much, that he died on the cross. Complete, total humility and embarrassment. Extreme pain for hours upon hours just to tell you he loves you, just to make the sacrifice for you. So, Father, we thank you that your body came to us in Jesus Christ. He died on the cross to be that perfect sacrifice for us. We bless this bread, symbolizing the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the blood that was shed, Father, represented in this cup, is the shed blood of Jesus that was shed for our sins. The perfect sacrifice so that we wouldn't have to have our sins face us or be with us that you put them in a sea of forgetfulness, never to remember them anymore. Thank you for the blood, Lord God. Thank you for making us part of your family. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would serve the people.